BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's first cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Access them right on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Funny do bad things. problems you get and jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory man a lot of people it's just negative energy like my man Puff say what country you from what what ain't no country i ever heard of they speak english and what what english mother do you speak it man you've been doing all this dope producing you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is so what you want me to do Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Those are my pills, yeah. All right, well, let's try this one more time. Just Could you just stop taking creatine for one moment in your life? Congratulations, you have arrived at episode... That didn't really work out too well. Let's try it again. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 434 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum. Uh, and with me, old school, on his cell phone tonight, as always, it's Mr. Jose Grijalva. Jose, say hello to all your fans, man. They're here for you. I had to unmute it. I, I unmuted. I'm muting and unmuting it, Paul Garcia style. Wow. Uh, hey, man. Uh, yeah, just uh, just right here watching that the Spurs OKC game and getting ready for practice, late practice right now, 8.30 to 9.30 on my time. 9.30 to 10.30 your time. That is late yeah. practice. These kids are like seven years old, right? How old are these kids? 12 to 14. 12, 14, 14 years old and they have them out at 9.30 at night? 8, 8 to, 8.30 to 9.30. Oh, 8.30 to 9.30. So, it's, it's, it's not, low, yeah. low no, it's not that late, I guess. Low morals of Arizona. Yeah. 
Um, hey, so I just it got keeps back. them out of trouble, right? Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I, I just got back from Arizona, as you know. We failed to to sync up, but I got a chance to go to uh, that Boston Phoenix game, which actually turned out to be great. Have you ever been to the Talking Stick Casino Arena? Whatever, it, I think that's it. Talking Stick Casino Arena. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I went. Yeah, I've gone to a few Suns games, Suns against Spurs, and I went to uh, the WWE Money in the Bank. Was it in 2012? So it's a it's a pretty good arena. The ticket the tickets there. I mean, there's really no nosebleed section compared to other arenas. So it's a pretty nice arena. Uh, I guess ticket friendly or crowd friendly, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it there. Yeah, it was all right. Um, the, the whole area downtown was really cool. I, it's it's something that. You know, Spurs fans and the AT&T Center, you really lack. Because the AT&T Center is, like, it's off 35. It's kind of away from everything. You know, this would made the Alamo Dome such a great idea because it's right on the other side of the highway from downtown. So it's walking distance from everything, right? From the convention center, the river walk, all that stuff. But the AT&T Center is out a little ways. And what, what you get at the ridiculously named Talking Stick Casino Resort Hotel and uh, Sundry, <laughs> whatever that, I don't even think I have the name right. It, it's like, it's, there's got like 10 words in the name of that place. But it's right in the middle of like a good bar scene and uh, right in the middle of downtown. Some hotels there, like a lot of people out and about. Um, so I, I dug it. I dug it. it. It turned out to be a great game. Um the, uh, the Suns had some dude just step up and uh, hit a game winner against Boston, who's gone on and beaten the Golden State Warriors uh, here last night. And what that does, what's really intriguing by that, is it, it, it pulls the Spurs within one game of Golden State in the loss column, which is really quite impressive when you think, of, um, you think about where the Spurs uh, started the year and where Golden State started the year. Golden State got out to a pretty immediate jump. They kind of showed their dominance. We thought it was going to take some time for the chemistry, adding Kevin Durant to the mix. We thought that was going to take some time for them to get to build that chemistry, and it really didn't. They just out like a, a cannonball, right? They they were just killing it. And the Spurs, they you know they kind of uh, they were always pretty dominant, but you know they they had some. Um, some not personnel problems, but they just had some consistency problems there right out of the gate. I thought, uh, in fact, they were the ones that took some time. But now it's it's sort of evened out. The uh, Golden State's fifty-two and twelve. San Antonio is now fifty and thirteen. And what's also important about that is, you know, that's the eighteenth straight fifty-win season uh, for for San Antonio. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that is just incredible. Fifty wins for eighteen years in a row. Amazing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's the consistency. And I think it's part of this season because everybody sort of pinned it on Duncan. It was Duncan. You know, he was the cornerstone. He was the, the one that made it possible. Uh, but, you know, this season, I, I guess you the torch has been uh, passed down to Kawhi, and he's really carried the team. So, I mean, it's it's the system. It's the players. It's it's their scouting. I mean, it's, it's, it's really the harmony that everybody – you know, works together in this, and they bring the best available players, best available staff. You know, in other organizations and other teams, you you see them really butt heads. You know, we want this player. We're going to keep this player. Or, no, this player doesn't get along with the coach, so we have to get rid of one of them. Uh, you kind of saw, saw that with the Sacramento Kings this season mm-hmm. and last season. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, basically. And with the Suns, too. I mean, they, they've had a little bit of trouble, you know, with their um, – organization as of late it seems like they're really uh sort of uh calming down and and really building up on what they have but i mean the spurs really you know what and what should have been 
what, what a lot of people considered a rebuilding season. They're right there in contention, and have, as you mentioned, they're only one and a half back, right? Or half back? Yeah, they're one and a half games I'm back overall, but just a single game back in the lost column. Yeah, so right. I mean, that, that, that's pretty impressive, especially with the team that's, you know, uh, who, who the Warriors were supposed to be. They were really supposed to mirror what they were doing last season. And I mean, one little bump in the road, and, and the Spurs are right back at it where they could, uh, you know, overtake them with the number one seed. So it, it's really impressive. Yeah, you know, and talking about Golden State, Kevin Durant is, you know, they came out with a report today that he's making some progress, but there's still no timetable. I would suspect that they would give him a significant amount of time off. But, and, and just straight up to the end of the year and get in the playoffs, maybe a couple of games in the regular season to close it out and then get ready to go in the playoffs. I mean, with even, he, they could rest him through the first round series and they're not going to have, you know, any problem. We'll talk about the Bleacher Report, um, you know, playoff predictions came out today, the very early playoff predictions, and so I'll talk through that a bit. But they could sit through that whole – he could sit out that whole first series and just rest. But let me tell you what that does um, do, and you're seeing it a bit already, is it pushes those minutes that Durant was um, – that Durant was taking up, and it gives them to McCaw, who's just – again, he's just some dude – uh, nothing special, and then puts the pressure back on their big three, right? So Draymond Green, who's just uh, kind of all over the place as a person and as a player, right, does a lot of things for them, um, and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And, and just look at what happened in that in that game uh, against Boston. McCaw, who's took, who took Durant's minutes, and, and again, it's kind of by committee, but McCaw's the starter. Um, he had six points. You know, Durant's their leading scorer. And, um, defend, you know, one of their best defenders on their team. And one of their best rebounders on their team. He's kind of doing it all. Curry had 23 points. Klay Thompson had 25 points. Draymond Green had 13 points. So, out of those big three, they, you know, it, what this tells you is that unless one of those three, and I'll even shave it down to two, it's really, because Draymond Green never really goes off. I mean, the highest, I, 30 points, 31 points, something like that is probably its highest. Um, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson... Uh, one of those guys absolutely needs to score 40 points for these guys to win on a consistent basis because they're missing you know, 25 points a game out of Kevin Durant, and that's not being replaced. Do you think that pressure um, – and again, they did this last year without him, but do you think now with the team that they were supposed to have and not having the bench that they did in, uh, in years past, do you think that pressure of Kevin Durant means more than, than, uh, than maybe what we, we think it is? That was a totally unclear question, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I was trying to spin it in my own way that, you know, I didn't confuse myself in it. Uh, I think the pressure is on, you know, on the team because, I mean, you mentioned that they don't have the same bench. They don't even have the same starters. I mean, uh, if they had Andrew Bogut still on the team, then you could put up the argument, well, you know, they did it without Durant. But, I mean, Zaza doesn't bring the same things that Andrew Bogut brought to them all the, uh, those few years with Golden State. So, um you know, the chemistry just isn't there, I don't think. Uh, you know, the bench is really raw. They're really young. They're, they haven't played that much together. Yeah. Uh, so I would I, – I can see why they're hurrying him back. But at the same time, you know, just seeing him from a physical standpoint, he's a, he, he doesn't have a lot of meat on the bones, okay? So, I mean, one little fall, one little bump. You saw, you know, what happened to Bogut. One little bump and he, you know, broke something. So, I mean, you know, that's what they have to be fearing with bringing Durant back too early. And especially with Durant because, again, if he gets hurt this season, again, you know, if he, if he, uh, if there's questions lingering about his health or about his production after that injury, 
he's going to be a free agent, you know, so that that might work against him. The Warriors might use that as leverage not to, you know, overpay him that much. So uh, th- there's a lot of, you know, variables there uh, with them. So I-, I can understand why they're bringing him back early, but I, I wouldn't risk it, you know, uh, especially long term for him. So uh, th- there's it's just a confusing, just like your question, just confusing. <laughs> it is. I-, I don't think that there's really a right answer that um, to that question. I, I don't envy Steve Kerr's position where he's going to have to make that call. What we need to do is get the Warriors huddle on again, and we need to talk this out because it looks like it's going to come right down to the wire. You know, I had the Warriors going throughout the entire regular season and through the playoffs as, as the winner um, and, you know, the leader through the West and then competing for the, for, for the finals again, representing the West in the finals. And I feel like I might need to rethink that because San Antonio has such an I call it an odd mix because you see these players that are contributing that you never really gave a second thought to. I think the NBA was done with a guy like David Lee. Uh, it certainly was an afterthought. I mean, with his time in New York, he was a pretty popular player. But, you know, like other uh, players who go up to New York turn out to be, whether or not they're skilled or not. Um, you know, then he went to, to Golden State and he was sort of the odd man out. And you, you look at David Lee and you never really give him a second thought. And David Lee is absolutely killing it. Um, you know, for, for the Spurs, second leading scorer in their big comeback win that we'll talk about. You know, he's, if David Lee is consistently giving you a double-double or a near-double-double, um, that's just bonus. And then you get, you know, guys like Pau Gasol coming over who, you know, looks like he could have always been a Spur because he just fits in so perfectly. You know, you're a little bit disappointed with the output of LaMarcus Aldridge, but then you're extremely happy with the output of a guy like Kawhi Leonard. And then when you have these games like um, like what just happened here against the Kings, where you know Patty Mills can go for a double double, uh, Tony Parker could put in meaningful minutes. We hadn't even talked about Manu Ginobili yet. And then you get guys that are playing spot duty like Bertans and then uh, Dejounte Murray, and, and somehow Kyle Anderson is, is contributing something positive to this team. You look at the, this this matchup; they're doing it without. These, you know, they have a big three, I guess you could say, with Powell, you know, the current big three with Powell, Lamarcus, and um, and and Kawhi. But they're they're just so evenly spread between between their first, uh, uh, I guess, your first string and then your bench players. You know, it's it's pretty impressive the way that the Spurs are winning, and I think that holds um, going into the playoffs. Yeah, and especially like how you mentioned, you mentioned the big three there, but. You know, it sort of took you a little while to convince yourself to say it, right? I mean, I on paper, <laughs> I, I, I think that's what hurts Kawhi's uh, case for MVP with a lot of people. The fact that they look at this team on paper and they say, this is a really good team. You know, LaMarcus is a former All-Star. You know, Powell is a former All-Star. Tony Parker's a former All-Star. So, I mean, you look at this team on paper and it's kind of, well, you know, he has all this help. But in reality, he's really carrying the team on his back on both ends of the floor, which makes it even more impressive, especially if they can get the number one seed. So, you know, I, I agree with their point that, you, you know, he, he, I guess, technically has a lot of help. They just haven't been showing up. But, I mean, they, they can only really go up from here because if it's all Kawhi right now, if they can get comfortable and play off of him and move around a little bit more and make some more shots, I think it'll be a, you know, come playoff time, they'll be more comfortable with that. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, and you, you sat there, in, or you, you sat there, you are sitting there, and you also are bringing up MVP. Um, and this is a, a story that I'm, I'm just so tired of, but I feel like we need to, to add this to the mix. You got Russell Westbrook, who was a consensus you know, pick for, for the MVP of the league this year, 
And I think that some of the, the fire behind that is is uh, you know dwindling because you know his team keeps losing, and they're not they're not going to win games. He was epic the other night, and they lost again. Um, so I, I feel like Russell Westbrook is really, despite you know if he could get to the end of the year and average a, a triple double, that's amazing, that's epic, that's you know all time kind of stuff. Um, but he, he's not bringing any value to that team. I mean that. They're a bad team with him. There would be a worse team without him. You know, so what? And then you look at James Harden, uh, who, who has numbers that are similar to Russell Westbrook uh, from a scoring perspective and assist perspective. And he's really not that far behind from a rebounding point of view. But you look at his turnovers, it, they're, they're pretty extensive. He's leading the league in turnovers. He's got 376 turnovers. If you look at that and, and push that up against um, his assist totals, you know, it's not as impressive as you might think. Because generally, you talk about those, right? Assists minus turnovers, and he has 727 assists overall. So, you know, it's like 50. Another throwaway of 50 percent of those are, are turnovers by James Harden. He's leading the league by far. And so, I think that there are ways that you could talk yourself out of James Harden as the MVP. Uh, I'm not one of those guys, but I feel like you could talk yourself out of James Harden as MVP. And if you had to do that. Who would the next guy up be? I mean, it's it's Kawhi or it's LeBron James. It's one of those two guys because I I don't know if um, Dur- Durant could get selected as an MVP because of you know the other people that are on his team. But I f- I feel like you can start making the case, and it's not just a what have you done for me lately. But I feel like you could start making the case for Kawhi Leonard as MVP and and Defensive Player of the Year, and legitimately uh, he could have a chance at pulling down both of those accolades. And also, most improved player. Just give him every award while you're at it. Well, uh, I mean, okay. So, I mean, throw that in there too, right? He's changed <laughs> his game from a scoring perspective. I mean, I don't want to give this guy the, you know, the house. But, I mean, come on. Like, he has changed his there, – there was some metric that Project Spurs had up there about his scoring averages over time. And it's ridiculous. He's, like, doubled his average. Yeah, and you mentioned James Harden. You know, uh, what did you say, 374? That's the new record, right? I, he, he, uh, uh, for turnovers? A, yeah, the turnovers on 376. 376, yeah. Let me see, I have the, yeah, 376. And that's a new record. He broke last year's record, which was done by him. So, I mean, you, you were talking about the how impressive the Spurs streak was at 50 games. We might see a new streak here with the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that would eliminate him as, a, as an MVP candidate because he's not that, uh, you know he's not that productive, I guess you should say, especially with the turnovers. I, I, we'd have to see what kind of turnovers they are. Are they turnovers trying to get others involved, or, or is he, you know, really ball hogging and he doesn't pass it to wide open guys? So, uh, you know, but but I agree with you that you know Kawhi's making the case, and I think more so now, uh, especially with the impact that that uh, that he's having. I think that people are realizing now Lamarcus is having a down year he, from his usual standards. Powell isn't contributing as. Uh, as uh, some you know fans thought and experts thought so uh you know they've really relied on the the really and I don't want to say nobody's but the, the lesser known names like Deadman um you know uh you know the, those guys Jonathan Simmons you know the guys that really you know are typical role players and probably what people who people thought were going to be lower you know below average than the average low players uh role players so uh he you know uh, I think he's really carried the team, and you know, like how you said, better better late than never at this point. You know, especially at this point of the season, this is when these guys makes the make the push for the uh, for the MVP. 
Yeah, and, and think of some other sort of, not deep analytics, but that sort of next cut of analytics. And, and you look at offensive rating and defensive rating is usually what people go to. And so if you're going to extend that, you know, those two statistics into the discussion about MVP, and you know, if you looked at that offensive, uh, the offensive rating, you'd think that you'd see, and it speaks to efficiency, as you mentioned, you'd think you'd see um, uh, James Harden on there. He's not in the top 20. Kawhi Leonard um, is on there at number 12 with 122.1 offensive rating. So you don't even see, the, I mean, talk about efficiency. You don't see um, uh, Russell Westbrook or uh, James Harden in the offensive rating top 20. And then you click over to defensive rating, uh, and it's no surprise Kawhi Leonard's also on that list at the 101.2 at, at number 7th position. Um, and you, you only see Russell Westbrook on that list at number 16. You don't see James Harden, which is not surprising. So I think you can talk yourself in to uh, to Kawhi Leonard at this point. And like you said, better late than never. I think it's better to come on strong now. And let's talk about that, coming on strong, that win over the Rockets. And I know we're a couple days after that. Just travel schedules and such it made it tough to record. But, you know, he comes down the court with a chance to win the game, Kawhi Leonard I'm talking about. Um, drills the three confidently, which I love. You know, took the ball. You know, it's it's kind of that I'm going to do this the Jordan esque way of just give me the ball. Nobody questions who's getting the ball. They give it to Kawhi, uh, and he just steps up and just drills that three. Then comes back on another presumptive MVP in James Harden, blocks him at the rim, and then the other thing I don't want to miss out on is Lamarcus Aldridge was also playing tough defense. Uh, on there to, to get a piece of the second shot attempt. I can't remember from from Houston who tried to push it back in, but you know Lamarcus was right there. Um, but Kawhi just stuffs James Harden. Kawhi puts on a show, scores I think it was 14 points in the fourth. James Harden couldn't match that, uh, and the Spurs go on to win. Uh, it was just it was super impressive. It was just very impressive, and a lot of people are pointing to that as a highlight reel, just kind of like they did with. Uh, LeBron James in the finals last year going coast to coast and, and, and blocking that shot. And it, um, what do you think that game means to the future for the Spurs this season? I mean, is it just one game out of 82, or was that sort of a, a big motivating factor to win that game late uh, and to be able to play both sides of the ball like Hawaii did? Well, I just ate some Chinese, some Chinese all of a sudden, and then you can hear my dog barking like crazy. Uh, so I was choking on it. But thank, good, thank goodness I muted on, uh, muted the phone. Uh, I, well, I mean, that's the game that really Peeling opened people's eyes, curtain. right? Peeling back the curtain. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the game that really had people talking about, hey, wait a minute, this guy is a legit MVP candidate because of what he did. And I mean, you know, in reality, we've seen that all season. You know, he makes a shot. He get, always gets back on defense. He doesn't. Doesn't show up, doesn't try to get an offensive rebound, doesn't leave his teammates back there uh, really to do the dirty work. He wants to do the dirty work, sort of like Duncan used to. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, you saw that. And I, that, the block counted as a turnover for Harden, right? So I think he helped him with the record. I think the block, uh, <laughs> if you get blocked, it's a turnover. It's so, true. yeah, I block, uh, block in possession, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, that game was, I mean, it's for fans, it's like a, Heck yeah moment, but I mean for for everybody else that's been looking at it, you know, especially how he blocked it, how you know how quick he got back there. I mean, it was just uh, it was incredible. So yeah, I think that's a game that opened you know everybody's eyes on the MVP discussion. 
And, you know, the next night, or the next game against the Kings, Popovich rests, you know, Kawhi, he rests LaMarcus. Um, and the Spurs are, are getting crushed in the first quarter. They go down by 28 points, a uh, huge deficit. They actually come back to win 114 to 104. Um, and the biggest comeback in the Popovich era, uh, which is, I read someplace, which to me, I, I feel like there would have been a bigger deficit overcome. Uh, and it's really quite impressive. I mean, Manu had 19 points. David Lee had 18 points. Danny Green went four for eight for three-point uh, three land. That's nine straight wins for the Spurs. You know, I do want to take that with the greatest all. I mean, you got to win the games, right? And that's impressive to overcome that. But if they're if they're playing anybody else besides the Kings, and, and even if the Kings had DeMarcus Cousins, they're not coming back. So, to me, that's a, it's impressive, but it's a cause for concern because, you know, does this mean if you don't have LaMarcus or you don't have Kawhi? Then you can't really compete. I mean, did you? What did you read into that game? The positives of come back and and you know the the issue that they had to come back. What did you think of that? Uh, the the positives in that game. Uh, well, I mean that, that I, you know I guess and I mean they played with heart and with grit and I think that that's what they have to get used to. The only thing that would worry me is them thinking they can do this, especially with Kawhi playing you know, half-assed, and then, well, we can always get back in the game because that, that, that'll that get them in trouble, especially against a team like the Warriors or or even OKC. So, uh, uh, you know, I, the, the, the positive I see from it, and I think the positive is also the negative if you want to get into it like that. So, The positive is all, it's very zen of you. Hey, I'm, I'm, digging, yeah. I'm digging through here. Yin-yang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm digging through here in uh, through some stats, and... I just I feel like I got to point this out because I clicked through on on minutes per game, and uh, you know we just got on talking about how great Kawhi Leonard is and all that stuff and his averages and you know per game averages not per minute averages because uh, that'll make a difference here. He's not even in the top twenty for minutes per game. Did you know that? I mean, did you think of that? I mean, that's no. pretty impressive. I, I could have sworn he would have been up there because it seems like every time we watch you know the Spurs play, he's playing thirty five minutes a game. Kyle Lowry's winning or leading the way, thirty-seven point seven minutes per game. LeBron is right behind him at thirty-seven point six. Then you get um, James Harden is in eighth at thirty-six and a half, and and then Russell Westbrook's at seventeenth with thirty-four point eight. That also seems really low to me um, for him. But that's pretty amazing that they're doing all of this. And actually, there's no Spurs on here at all in the top twenty. Um, Popovich is managing that extremely well. That's pretty impressive. You know, the other thing I'll say is that there's also no Golden State Warrior on here. That's amazing. You uh, you asked me if I knew that, and then while you were reading the list, I was just thinking, no, I didn't know that. And you know why I didn't know that? Because it's boring, bro. <laughs> I mean, all those stats and you know, numbers, numbers just depress me, well, especially my bank account. Somebody has uh, to so, bring, us, bring us into reality, right? And I guess it's yeah. going to be me today. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, he does manage it, manage it well, and I also think it, it really uh, talks about the depth that San Antonio has. I mean, you mentioned that really it's only Kawhi. He's really the superstar carrying the team, but everybody else is pulling their weight, as you know, and if somebody doesn't pull their weight, there's somebody who can do the same thing off the bench or, you know, close to it uh, where they can all really keep the system going. So, I mean, that that's what makes it impressive. Uh, you mentioned no Warriors. 
uh, you know, is that going to catch up to them come crunch time? You know, uh, with these wins that the Spurs have had, you know, coming back from deficits, it shows that they, you know, they'll still keep playing, you know, a, uh, late in the game, even if they're down. Is that the same thing that's going to happen with the Warriors? Uh, because, again, they've gotten, you know, big leads. They usually sit down. They don't play that much. So, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, I mean, you got to read it that you got, you have to read into it that way. And, uh, Speaking about reading into it, let's uh, let's get one of our sponsors. Do you like that segue? Let's talk about our one of our sponsors, Audible.com. So for you, the ever-so-intelligent SpursCast listener, we have a deal for you. Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, so to download your free audiobook today, and again, that's any audiobook of your choice, go to audibletrial.com slash almighty. Uh, throw some ducats their way. Take care of them like they ter- take care of us. Uh, Jose, you've been reading a bit. You've been listening a bit. Yeah, I listen. I don't read anymore. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I'm probably gonna get new books out there because the kids just weren't listening to me. Listening to me last game, they just looked dumbfounded out there, and I just kept screaming the same stuff uh, that they didn't do. So I'm just gonna wear, you know, some earphones, just Phil Jackson and Zen it out. Maybe another Greg Gutfeld book because I, you know, just to re- just to remind me I'm always right. Uh, and, and just deal with it that way. So, I mean, Audible does come in handy. You never yeah. know when it will. There you go. Um, hey, I want to do a couple other things before we close out the show because this is a quick one today. Um, I just D-League check <laughs> because, you know, I, I, you know, here local, I want to check out the Austin Spurs. So, San Antonio just recalled Forbes, and his first name is B-R-Y-N. How would you say that first name? It's Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes. So yeah. they, they just how, how were you pronouncing it? Brian? Brian, yeah, I have no <laughs> Oh my goodness. Bryn Forbes. Okay, so so Bryn slash Brian Forbes. They just recalled him up to You called him Brian. How where's the A, bro? How conceited. How well like Ryan Sandberg, right? Uh do you even know who I'm talking about? Uh that Cubs guy, long yeah. time ago. Uh yeah. that's right. Um so this guy in Austin, is he scoring, this is an incredible line, 23.8 points a game, 3.5 rebounds per game, and 2.4 assists per game. That's pretty much dominant in the D-League. I had no idea about that. I thought it was, that's just really impressive. Um, so I saw that on the D-League call-ups and uh, thought I would mention it. Killing it. Austin Spurs. Uh, other news, <laughs> moving right along. Well, I was going to mention, uh, Thanks for did you know uh, Michael DeLeon, uh, Michael DeLeon, John Diaz, and uh, Steven Anderson, all from the Project Spurs Network, are uh, at that uh, uh, Spurs, Austin Spurs game. Because it's in San Antonio today, right? Yeah, they're playing down in, they were at in the San AT&T Antonio Center. tonight. Yeah, the Delaware 87ers or something like that. They're 47ers. Yeah. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Like you know, it's like the so they're the Philadelphia 76ers affiliate. Is the oh, it's the eighty sevens. Uh, and so I don't know. Maybe it's the, the year that Delaware was founded. Maybe seventeen eighty seven. You think? Aren't you the D League guy? I, th- that's why we have you on here, right? Yeah, um, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, let's let's look at this other bit of news. Uh, Texas guy. German Texas guy Dirk got thirty thousand points, just eclipsed the thirty thousand point marker, the sixth uh, in NBA history. 
massive, super important. Uh, love the way that this guy plays the game. You know, what? what is Dirk, what has he meant to the NBA? And then, you know, all those kind of epic showdowns and comparisons against Tim Duncan. You know, because they got to play together in the same era, so we get the opportunity to compare them directly against one another. I think it shows the, uh, I want to say patience, not only patience, but the determination to really uh, better themselves as a player because and and I mean this is said as you know really as a whole for all the European players because, because one of the things that's been tr- that's been said and it's incredibly true is you know the European players they tend to play basketball you know they, they want to be basketball players and I think Dirk is really a dead uh, you know the prime example for that because he's really evolved throughout his career remember he was just a shooter and then after that meltdown in 07, he decided, you know, he was a better all-around offensive player. He he improved defensively. And, and the only reason I say that about the European players and, and why it's said is because, you know, here in the United States, they really try to be position players, you know, like a defensive guy or right. just a three-point shooter or a rebounder, a shot blocker, or DeAndre Jordan who only does one thing on offense. You know, over there, they do they they try to do everything. That's why you see talented, skilled big men because they practice like guards and they practice like big men. And the you know the, even the smaller guys are scrappy and you know they could post up a little because they play like big men. So I mean, I think Dirk is really the you know the prime example of that. Uh, you know, on how he's really evolved his game. And I mean, he deserves it. If it was me, right when I scored that point, I would have just walked off the floor. I'm done. Yeah. You know what else am I going to do here? Yeah. He's coming back the next next season. Yeah. I, I'm he, real. I'm really impressed by that. Absolutely, and he's not going to. I think Wilt is the next guy up on the scoring list, and he's like fifteen hundred points away from Wilt. So he'd have to average twenty points a game to catch him next year. He might. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if they continue sucking like they do, I mean, who else is going to shoot the ball? Yeah, give it to mean, it's, it's possible. It, it really is possible. I mean, it's unlikely, but possible. If he played two more years, he would definitely hit it. So, and then he could break Jim James Harden's turnover record while yeah, he's at it. So, yeah, exactly. double whammy. Who's the best uh, European-born player then, prior to Dirk? I mean, I, I started going through like by skill or just by just, you know, just don't kinda, say stats. Well, yeah, I don't even know what these guys say. I, I did to be honest with you. I knew that Dirk was great. I knew he was a top ten scorer. I had no idea that he was he eclipsed thirty thousand points until you know Mark Cuban told me in Twitter. Um, but he's got. So I went through the list. I was thinking like Arvidas Sabonis. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so Sabonis so never really did anything. I mean, you know, really didn't win. But Dirk, he could do something, okay? He could, yeah, he could, but he came here late. You know, he came to the NBA late, uh, didn't win anything, didn't grow up in the NBA. You know, Dirt grew up in the NBA. Uh, been here for, you know, near 20 years now. Then I started getting into, like, okay, maybe it's, like, Detlef Schrempf, <laughs> maybe, another another German. Um, and then I, I landed on this guy. Uh, just because he was around winning, and then he got—he was a, a pretty hot commodity on the trade market. Uh, was Tony Kukoc, and those were my—I mean—that's a pretty ridiculous list for European uh, players. Do you? I mean, who would you add to that list? I got to be missing somebody. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Well, Ginobili's not European, um, but go with that. You know that Argentina is. In oh South yeah, America, huh? Well, he right? does a Euro step. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Tony Parker. I guess he. Would, uh, yeah, I was going to say Parker. Tim Duncan, but it's the U.S. Virgin Island, right? So I guess it doesn't really right. anyway. Um, right. Uh, well, kind of. I forget that Canada's up north. I always think Canada's in the somewhere over there. Right. Uh, Might as well be. 
Uh, yeah, I, would say, I would have to say Tony Parker. I, I don't really think there's really anybody else that I can think. I mean, you mentioned Kukoc and all of them, but they, you know, they haven't had the influence. They haven't right. had the stats, and they haven't had the, I guess, the championships, the the resume that Tony Parker has. So I'd I'd, I'd have to throw him up there. Yeah, I think you. How dare to... you forget about our own? No, Tony no, I, I didn't forget about him. I, I was kind of throwing a softball to you there, but I, yeah, I, I feel like you'd have to say that, and uh, if he's a Finals MVP. He's got a bunch of championships. I, I think outside of Dirk, you'd have to say Tony for as far as Europe. Now, neither one of those guys is the best international player of all time. I, 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 tell me if you disagree, but you've got to say Akeem Olajuwon, right? Yeah. Best international of all time. It's got to be Akeem. Uh, well, I mean, if we say if we say yes or no, I mean, that already brought flashbacks of him just uh, kind of dominating the Admiral, right? Yeah. It's, uh, and, well, of he, course, you say Olajuwon. Mr. Rockets guy. Well, I mean, even if it wasn't a rock, I mean, he'd have to be. He'd have to be. Um, he was so impressive. But let's move off of that. Let's get to the last segment, and then let's close this out because it's TGIT night, and I'm uh, going to watch uh, Grey's Anatomy or something. While you're watching the Spurs, I'll be watching Grey's Anatomy. This is why the podcast it is like I'm usually not the guy in the know. I'm just the opinion guy. But you just flipped the script on me, just letting you know. <laughs> uh, Bleacher reports, playoff predictions that came out today. So super early playoff predictions, but I want to go through them with you very quickly um, in the West and then the East. Or let's start at the East and the West. Uh, first round series: Cleveland Cavaliers uh, versus my, the Miami Heat. Uh, they have the Cavs winning that in the sweep. Uh, the fourth and fifth. Seeds are Toronto and Atlanta, respectively. They have Atlanta actually uh, winning that in six games from the fifth uh, spot. They've got Boston at the third seed, and um, I can't even see. I can't even read my own writing. Who is that? Some other team. Oh, let me peek over the microphone. Oh, Indiana Pacers. Some some reason, instead of writing IND, I wrote PAC. <laughs> so Indiana Pacers are, are the sixth seed. They've got the Celtics winning that in the sweep. Uh, and then the second seed are the Wizards uh, taking out Detroit, uh, who are the seventh seed. The Wizards will win that one in five. Do any of those, do you, does that like stand out to you? Do you agree with those? Do, do you care? I still think the Pacers might have a chance. I mean, this, is, this could be, you know, Padre just saying, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to take over because I don't want to be here anymore. You know, so... Yeah, I'll disagree on the sweep. Sweep. I'll disagree on the sweep. I I think the Pacers could take it. They could win that series, or they could take a couple yeah. games. They could win that series. Okay. No, they could win the series. Okay. Uh, clicking over to the West, uh, first seed they have by the end of the year. They've got Golden State still at the number one seed uh, that they would play Denver and, and they would sweep Denver. Uh, then four four and five, it's Utah versus LA. They actually have LA winning that in seven games. That's one that I don't agree with. I, this, I think this is Utah's year, um, and L.A. shown nothing, really. Uh, but they have you know, L.A. as a fifth seed and, and winning that in seven games. This one's really interesting, a match of three and six. Uh, it's Houston versus OKC. First, a couple of reasons I don't necessarily agree with this. I, I can't see Oklahoma City getting up there into that sixth seed. I think that things will shift around. That's, it's tough for me to see them there. Um, but they have Houston winning that, but taking seven games to win that. Do you think that I mean OKC has shown anything that says that they could hang with Houston for seven games? I'll disagree with that also because I well we, I think San Antonio is going to take the first seed. I, I don't think Golden State is going to be too comfortable staying in that spot. 
But I can see the Rockets taking the second seed, uh, as weird as that sounds, just because, you know, I, I don't think Golden State is too prepped for that diminished of a roster for the original two guys to, you know, keep carrying them around. Uh, but, you know, to that series, uh, Oklahoma City and Houston, so, was it seven games? Yeah, seven games. Houston and seven games. I, you know, I could see it either way. I could see, oh, uh, I could see OKC. I could see Westbrook going insane for one series and closing it out in five or six. I, even though the the uh, the Rockets are talented, you know, it, it that roster is such a cluster offensively. Where I mean, they're all really really good at what they do offensively, shoot threes. But if there's more than two games where those threes don't fall. They're basically done for. What's really? Good? They don't have a low post presence to you know to give it in uh, in the post and sort of calm everybody down. So I, I could definitely see OKC taking that in four or five games. Wow. Uh, well, we will agree to this. You don't sound impressed. Oh no! I mean, it was great analysis. Like you're like a professional podcaster. Uh, but no, I don't think so. I think that I mean, Houston. Not only do they have a great front line scoring option. That's just as good as Russell Westbrook. I mean, if you look at those, if you look at the statistics, they are. It's like one A and one B. Harden's right behind uh, Russell Westbrook in all of those categories, uh, and he's made his team incredibly good. And the way that Daryl Morey structured that team, they got Lou Williams on the bench. They still have Eric Gordon coming off the bench. Clint Capella gives you a little something. Nene gives you a little something. I mean, they've got options. Ryan Anderson, uh, Anderson is there. They've got some options there. Um, and dude, they got Patrick Beverly's backup point guard. I mean, that's pretty salty if you want to put a, a, an extra defensive wing out there. Um, you know, and, and I think that Beverly would draw. I think Beverly'd probably start uh, and have to put him on um, on Russell Westbrook and try to, to slow him down. I I just think that Houston's. I hate to say this. I think they're too deep for uh, Oklahoma City. I think. I mean, Russell Westbrook's going to get forty points a game, but that's it. As we've seen this year, like there's. Nobody else is scoring. Did you see that game? Uh, this last game, there uh, somebody ESPN or something. I saw this somewhere where, where um, no of the other, none of the other starters on Oklahoma City even had an assist. I can't recall what game that was. That would be been helpful, but nobody had an assist. That's just ultimate ball stoppage. Nobody scored in double figures except for Russell Westbrook. This is the one where he got fifty nine points. Whatever game that was. Playoffs are a different season, my friend. You'll see Steven Adams in the Amari Stoudemire 2005 role, uh, pick and roll, just dominating them. You'll see uh, Robertson uh, play that Raja Bell defensive stopper role. And, uh, yeah, the, the, okay. they'll come back, bro. Just you just, just, just wait first. for it. Just remember these words. Well, Because I won't. You know, I have a hard time remembering stuff. <laughs> I'm writing them down now. Uh, the last game is, of course, the San Antonio Spurs. They, Bleacher Report has them in the second seed taking on number seven, Memphis, and uh, they've got San Antonio in five. I actually have this one. I, I agree with it that it could be San Antonio and Memphis. Um, I don't agree with the five games. I, I'd say five or six games for a couple of reasons. It's just Memphis gives San Antonio – traditionally, they've just given them fits. And I always feel for some reason – and I'd love to go back and look at this. We should have actually prepared. Or if we had a producer on the show uh, – that they're always, I think San Antonio's always playing Memphis. Do you get that feeling? Like they are playing Memphis every single year in the playoffs. Okay, thanks for laying out on me. Yeah, no, I went to close the door. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's not the same Memphis team. You know, maybe, yeah. 
I mean, if they had Thiago Splitter at the starting center position, I might be a, a little skeptic just because of his injuries. But, I mean, they have such a talented offensive and versatile uh, uh, front court with uh, Pau and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge where one can be in the paint, the other one, you know, can be at the three-point line or, you know, just moving around. I think that'll make the whole difference, uh, you know, a different dynamic than what they've had before, a different dynamic than what they're used to, especially with Deadman. You could put Deadman on Marcus Aldridge. Uh, Zebo's not really that quick anymore. I mean, I you know, with Kawhi's explosiveness, if they go small, I don't think they can keep. How long? Can he looks pretty good right now for what is he? 50, 56 around there. Uh, you know, can playoff time is he going to wear out a little bit, especially throughout a seven game series? So I'm not that you know. I, I think they it's the norm playing each other, but at the same time, this isn't the same Grizzlies team. So I, I, I'm not too uh, too worried about that. Gee. I'll say I'll say San Antonio four. San Antonio with a sweep. Okay. All right. Well, then, you know, that's that's really advantageous because then you look at if you said that Oklahoma City would take it, I'd love to see that. Okay. I'd love to see Russell Westbrook because uh, they'd be the lowest seed at that point um, playing Golden State in that second round. That'd be uh, that'd be pretty special. That'd be pretty amazing. So who, so who would the Spurs play? Spurs would be two, right? So two. Who would be the third seed? The Rockets, you said, right? If the Correct. No, well, I mean they, they don't change they, they don't change the, the seating though. No, no, but you had Oklahoma City beating Houston. Yeah, but they they don't reseed. What are you talking about? So San Antonio would play San Antonio would play the winner of that one, even if it's OKC. Oh, okay. This it, isn't football, bro. That's why you're are you here. serious? I don't know, man. It's it's late. It's late for me. I'm already thinking about you know what's going on in Grey's Anatomy. But thanks for calling me out in front of all What is that fans. about? Is that like a doc- I don't know. like Doctor Who? I'm just making it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like Doctor Who. Uh, I'm just making it up. Of course I'm going back to watch some, some replay on the Spurs. Uh, all right, well, let's close it. Let's end it. That's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Uh, head on over to ProjectSpurs.com. Jose, thank you, sir. And to you listeners, you are welcome.